Oh, You Thought Podcast, the place where you get a heavy dose of positivity, sarcasm, knowledge, and ratchetness. Enjoy the show. What up, beautiful people? It's your girl Fallon, and it's time for another installment of Oh, You Thought Podcast. This is episode 21. I'm legal, (laughs) y'all. Just joking. Uh, no verse or anything for y'all this week Like I've given y'all three nice episodes already this week And so I'm here working on episode 21 The normal episode that I drop on like Thursday night or Friday So here we are people And just to let y'all know That I'm not gonna take part in all the the ratchet stuff that's been going on in social media this week. Um, I want to keep my focus really on a topic or topics that are really important to me. Um, I know when I first started this podcast, I expressed how um, things that are important to my culture um, are very close to my heart, and I really like to to talk about things that go on with our people my people and um so I really want to really like the bulk of the show is going to be heavily laid out on one topic and then I'll have a couple other of my normal segments but I won't be talking about a lot of pop pop culture this episode I won't be talking about R. Kelly I won't be talking about Usher uh, Kevin Hart, uh, what else happened in these streets? I felt like it was just so much. And I think that was also the thing. I felt like every day was something crazy. And I just think that I might be tapped out of being in these famous people's business. And that's what it is. Like, this is not my friend, my family member stuff that I'm seeing on the internet. This is someone that I don't even know. Don't even connect with like that Just basically through their art And I just think sometimes it's too much Like social media can be too much And it just sometimes it's just I have to take a break But um, but yeah So I just wanted to give a little disclaimer Your girl is not going there I'm not gonna go into R. Kelly But I will say this Like as someone that like Really has like a lot of, of his catalog In my in my music collection, the moment that I have a chance to really sit down and mess with my music collection, my iTunes collection, because I've actually bought his stuff on iTunes, I'm going to delete all that stuff. That I will say. People say, oh, you can disconnect or whatever the case may be. And I just feel like I'm fully jumping off this train there again. It's not my life, but it's just certain things where I think things are pretty clear cut as far as like what's going on in that man's life, for example. And so, yeah, that's my only little piece that I'll say on that. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into the show. Oh, you thought that Tyler Perry and Oprah would be forever together. But no, Tyler Perry is packing up his toys and moving on to to BET and Viacom to produce some shows. Now there again, 
I feel like it's a good move. I definitely feel like it's a good move for Tyler Perry because I feel like we all know that BET is still lacking. It's not the same. They've gotten a little bit better as far as some programming, but it still needs something. I would love to see better TV shows. And if he's going to bring over stuff like what he already has on OWN, keep that shit on OWN. Like, give us something good. Like, really, really good. So, yeah, I definitely am interested in seeing how that is going to play out. Oh, you thought you uh, SoundCloud rappers that you were no longer going to have a home. SoundCloud was out in these streets talking about we only have 30 to, to 60 days to operate. They've let a lot of people go recently and you know they was on twitter looking really bad and then one of my favorite rappers uh and just person period chance the rapper he came in and he saved the day basically and he was like no mm -mm, it's not over like he had a call with the the CEO of SoundCloud and he said that SoundCloud is here to stay. So we can just assume that he probably made a great investment in SoundCloud and it's still going to be around. And so that's definitely a good thing because SoundCloud is such a, a big platform for a lot of people. I use the platform to you know, release my podcast episodes and the one playlist that I've done. <laughs> I need to do better about all these things that I say I'm going to do. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm truly sorry. Oh, you thought that Chance the Rapper just had just one thing up his sleeve this week. Um, he's in talks to um, host uh, Deaf Poetry Jam. So that would be a really good look, like, to see his face in all different venues and stuff like that as far as, like, different things he's doing besides just rapping. So... That would be a good look. And so I'm excited to that to see if that will actually pan out. Oh, you thought that Mary J. Blige was the only ex-wife out here having to give up her money and pay spousal support. Mel B of the Spice Girls has to pay her um, ex-husband now, I guess, um, $40,000 a month. And... He's a Belafonte, so where is his money? Is he not rich like his daddy? Where is the money? He said in the documents that he needed money to pay for his cell phone bill. Like, bro, I don't know. And I'm one of these people. If you're definitely in my age range up, your cell phone bill should never, I mean, your cell phone should never be cut off or in the danger of being cut off because even if you're you're broke and looking for a job, you need a way for people to contact you. So I always feel like that's the number one thing that has to be paid besides, of course, like where you live and stuff like that. Like all that extra stuff can go, but that's really sorry and petty for him to say that he needs the money to help pay his cell phone bill. Crazy. So yeah. Some little ratchet things before I get into the meat of the show. Still going to have positivity moment. And basically, I don't have to give you a full recap on my week because, hey, you talked to me, you've listened to me, 
at least three times this week. And so I don't need to know anything else about what's going on with me. Um, And so, yeah. So with that, we're going to go ahead and officially start episode 21. A positive mind equals a positive life. When you let go of all the negativity, that is the ultimate glow up. It's time for the positivity moment of the show. Positivity moment. And so in the positivity moment of the show, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I wanted to talk about dreams a little bit. And... Of course, you know your girl. She stays on Tumblr. And I found this wonderful post from psych to go And it was basically explaining or giving theories on why scientists think that we dream. And of course, I'm definitely interested in that because I have a lot of crazy dreams. And I be wanting to know what's up. Why am I dreaming this stuff? And so... From this post, like even after this podcast, I'm probably going to dive in deeper um, in regards to why we dream and the brain function. Because there again, I'm a psychology nerd. And so you might hear me talk about dreams like later on or somewhere down the line. And so basically, we start to dream when we enter into um, the REM stage of sleep. And REM is the, the rapid eye movement. And basically it happens every 100 minutes on average when you are sleeping. For those of you that are consistently sleep for X amount of time. Now, if you're waking up every hour or whatever, like I used to do some months ago, you're not going to be able to dream (laughs) um, because you're never going to get to REM sleep. And so during this type of sleep is where we start to dream. And so scientists have basically pulled together um, their reasonings on why they think that we dream. They think that we dream to first consolidate memories, which, okay, so basically your brain is acting like a, a file folder, which, you know, that's the analogy that has been used to explain how your mind works and as far as like short-term memory long-term memory so it's filing stuff away as you sleep or it's bringing up old memories that maybe you left out somewhere or it's on your brain and so it's filing somewhere and so that's how I kind of pictured it when I saw that statement as far as like consolidate memories and so you're organizing your thoughts basically is one theory um it's a reflection of waking life and Basically, when they say reflection, it's just like you're looking at what could have happened in the day, if it's really something that happened or something active going on in your thoughts or in your life, and it's taking life as a dream to solve problems. I think I agree with this analogy or this thought that you dream to solve problems because think about it, you're sleeping, your your body is supposed to be at rest and free, you're relaxing. So if you're dealing with drama, stress, what if your brain is basically presenting an option or a picture on how you can get over something that you're dealing with? And I definitely have 
had many dreams where I felt like, of course, it was telling me something if I was going through something or I think it's pretty amazing where your dreams can show someone in a different light and it'd be true. Um, I won't go into my other personal theories, maybe later down the line, but um, I also believe dreams show other things. Um, emotional processing, there again, you're dealing with something, you're happy about something, you're scared, you're afraid of, some, afraid of something, they come in dreams. Um, I will definitely say before I came, before I became a diabetic, I was having these dreams constantly every single night. And it used to be this commercial that ran all the time that was talking about being a diabetic, having diabetes or whatever. And I remember it was this white man dressed in all black. And I always used the, the, the commercial used to scare me. And so one night he popped up in my dreams or whatever. And it was like, basically the commercial was playing in my head, but he was talking to me. And I kind of just felt like, I don't even think I've ever told anyone this story. I kind of felt like that was God, like warning me, like, hey, something's not right with your body. And shortly thereafter, I was in the ER or whatever. And I think I remember telling my mom, like, I knew I was a diabetic. I knew I was a diabetic because I kept seeing that commercial. And I felt like God was talking to me. That I do remember. Um, Another reason they think that we dream is to prep for future challenges there again if, it, if it's revealing something if it's solving a problem if it's something that you can identify with as to why you're having um these dreams and so it can help you it can help you i'm sorry i was reading a crazy text message which i shouldn't be messing with my phone but yeah um i definitely feel like certain dreams have helped me prepare for different things that have popped up in my life or and they were really wrong for this to actually put this in a scientific document they said or it could be nothing so so yeah so I thought that was very very interesting and like I said it definitely has sparked my interest of something that I have to file away and go back when I have time and like really put together maybe like a good think piece or something for my website or a good conversation piece for another podcast episode and so since we are in the positivity segment of the show I do want to leave you with a little positivity from Sprinkle of Jesus. And so, mistakes don't decrease your value. That's what you did, not who you are. And I love this because there again, this is baggage that a lot of us carry around about mistakes that you made. And we live in this life to make mistakes. We live in this life to learn to grow, to help others. And if you're still carrying around things that that you did in the past that God has already forgiven you for, why are you carrying around that baggage? And so, yeah, that's definitely one of my things that I like to talk about when I'm talking to people that are carrying around hurt and anger, anything else, like you have to let it go. Because there again, I feel like it's blocking your blessings in life. And so 
yeah, that's all I have for positivity. Poppin', what's popping? What's popping? So before I get to the meat of the show, and if you know me, you know, yeah, you should know when I saw this certain thing that I'll get into in a few minutes that this was going to be a hev- heavy topic on the show this week. And so before I get there, I'm just going to give you a couple of other little items that I saw that you know, stood out to me that I thought I wanted to talk about. And so um, Visa is trying to partner up with small businesses and they want to try to get more small businesses to move to using no cash as far as payment and only use plastic. And so they're offering some companies up to $500,000 to join their mission. And so it's called the Visa Cashless Challenge. And I thought it was an interesting article because you're offering up all this cash to these businesses because I think you know that you're going to get it back. Because if you have a business um, and you use credit cards, it's a fee that these companies charge the businesses to use that form of payment basically and so if they go strictly to nothing but um using plastic then imagine the increase in revenue for visa and so definitely thought that was a a bug worth putting in your ear especially if you have businesses and things like that um on the one hand i mean that's a good initiative up to 500k and i'm assuming the amount would vary due to the size of your small business and what kind of revenue you bring in, etc. So, yeah, so if you haven't heard about that and you have a business or you know someone that has a business, um, look it up. And the last really non important thing to me, um, 50 Cent, um, he's parting ways with F and Vodka, and I've always been the person. I've had these conversations um, with people before, like a person like 50 Cent and Diddy, when they say they don't drink or whatever, but you're promoting this alcohol, how is that a good venture when you're, how can you tell your customers about the product if you don't consume the product? And so basically he said that he got a nice payout for FN and he's still going to be involved, but he's definitely parting ways. And so... You know, he'd be out here low-key and high-key making money moves for himself. And, you know, he got power out in these streets. I'm not going to talk about power because I felt like I talked about it on one of my other episodes. Um, But, yeah, I'm not going to talk about power. And now I'm just going to jump on into what I want to talk about. And so the title of this episode is... Vic has no dog in this fight. And so, you know where this is going. I'm going to talk my black shit. 
and I got a lot of bullet points for basically reasons as to why Michael Vick is on my list. So let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, because I've been waiting all week to dive into this because to me, it's so simple. It's so simple. But apparently to certain black people, it's not so simple. And here we go with Michael Vick. And so he goes on to one of our favorite uh, tap dancers show, Jason Whitlock's show. I don't even like to say his name because I just, I do not like him because he does not get it. But I've already read Whitlock before couple of times this is not this is not his time so he goes on that show and the unexpected happens for me he starts tap dancing with Jason and he states that Kaepernick should cut his fro to be accepted by the NFL again he needs to look presentable basically right that was that was the the headline of most places. He needs to look presentable. So he should cut his fro. And when I saw the post everywhere, I was 100% mad. Like Kaepernick is my brother or something. Like I just, I posted on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Posted a quote, gave my two cents on it. And this is a clear example of someone who has lost his way or what a lot of people are saying. He's in the sunken place. And I just feel like, how can you get on a platform like that with your background and co-sign those thoughts? I think it's, it's pretty bad when someone like Michael Vick, where he had so much problem in in the NFL after the whole issue with the with the dog fighting he was able to come back in the NFL granted another chance but those white people gave him hell gave him hell and I think how dare you come out and say anything about Kaepernick when he's trying to stand for the rights of those that can't be heard because they're either dead now or can't be heard because nobody's listening to them when they're out here protesting. They're out here trying to change the laws because they're senators, they're mayors, they're whoever, they're teachers, they're people of color, and nobody hears their voices. That is his platform. He's not advocating violence. He's not advocating anything negative. I don't think you get more polished than Kaepernick has been these last couple of years. Like we've heard the typical stuff as far as like who is he dating, XYZ, typical female stuff you hear about social media throughout his career, but nothing even major still with that. So, how can you try to clean up his image even more? 
And I want to try to stay on topic as most as I can. So I want to try to stay to my points and not go off on a tangent. So I just, as black people, let me say this before I start going into my points. As black people, whether you're famous or an average person just like me, like anything that's going on with your people on the day to day that you can see on the news, you can see now on social media going on every single day. You really got to stand with your people and we really got to stand with people of color, period, not just black people, because whatever we want to happen, it will not work if we're not all in this together. And that's so, so serious. And I think it's so imperative that as a people, we do more to support Kaepernick and let's go back to the NFL those are the, the players that did step out and did take a name to support Kaepernick. I love y'all. But how come they haven't done anything on a bigger level? If they really want to see Kaepernick playing again in the NFL, why not go on a strike? Why are people so afraid to lose money when you're making millions of dollars to support a great cause like this? It's not just helping Kaepernick. It's helping your fellow man kind, okay? And how are we going to get things to change if we don't do something crazy? How are we going to get something to, to, to change if we have people like Michael Vick and Jason Whitlock and other people that like to sing and dance for these good people? If they're bringing Kaepernick down, people like Kaepernick. And like, it's just, it's amazing that Kaepernick had the, the nerve to, or the strength rather, to step out and do this because... Let's not get it twisted. He wasn't the first person to protest for us, okay? We've been protesting since all this stuff has been going on with police uh, brutality. And to keep it all the way 100, if you know your history, really police brutality hasn't stopped. It's been something that's been going on since forever with people of color. And so... We need to be just more willing to just step out on faith because there again, a lot of black people play in the NFL, the NBA. And if we start affecting dollars on a high level like that, these people have to straighten up and fly right. And you can begin to have conversations to change laws, to change thinking or just have something set up to where we can have open dialogues or something in different communities to to bridge the gap to have a safe place for for people to engage and some people are just truly ignorant in the world some people are just truly raised to hate people and people need to be given the opportunity to learn. And I would love for a safe place to be created all over the world, different cities for to have like monthly meetings or something where we can discuss what happened in your particular community as far as violence, police brutality, black on black crime, white on white crime, just 
all of that. Education too. Education is important too. We need to make sure that everyone is getting the best education that is available to them. And I just thought of that idea on the fly as far as that. But I think that would be a really good idea. You know, like, just like they have the different civic meetings or whatever. If you live in a a neighborhood, do something like that. You know, and then have the the different... um, leaders that's been popping up as far as the the Black Lives Matter movement had some of these meetings and then bridge the gap and bring in cops and other leaders in the community and let's have dialogue. I think that would be a good starting point to get some change done in every single city. And people just got to love on each other and be more compassionate, more understanding, listen instead of just just going because you just never know what anyone's going through and so going back to Michael Vick and all the shenanigans how can Michael Vick go against Kaepernick where his image is not clean was not clean his image is clean now you know, he was able to, was he able to retire with the Falcons and everything? So people have accepted, accepted him back into the fold. But when that whole dog fighting mess came out, he wasn't accepted. He wasn't liked. Like people had an issue with him. So number one talking point is how can you go against Kaepernick where he's standing for something peaceful? He didn't kill anybody. He didn't kill an animal. He wasn't involved in anything like that. He wasn't involved in anything illegal. He just wants people to have their their civil rights. So what's wrong with that, Michael Vick? Another big talking point. How does a haircut, even if used as a metaphor, justification for why Colin can't get a spot on it on a on an NFL team and I and I feel like I bring this point up later um but this is the reason why the black community has been told for years on top of years that the hair growing out the top of their head more or less females is not good enough and if a man wears braids or a fro or whatever else styles that they can wear they can be racially profiled just because they wear braids if you wear braids you're a thug we all know what Iverson went through in the NBA because he had braids he had tattoos he didn't wear suits to the games and so they implemented a dress code because of all those shenanigans and I just feel like a haircut dressing different it's not gonna make the underlying problem go away that Kaepernick is speaking up for so when you when you when you simplify it to something as simple as a haircut, you're negating everything he has done for the movement 
And you're saying that that's not why everybody was mad. So if it was just about his image, if it was just about the fro, then why were people bringing in the troops? Why were people bringing up the flag? Why were people bringing up the fact that they said that he was racist? Why were people bringing up all of that? A haircut is not a band-aid for what's going on in this world. What's going on in this world is what Kaepernick is fighting for. He's not fighting about a fro, but an afro, like, it is simple of black power being proud of who you are let's let's go back to the the time frame where froze became very popular and remember what was going on during the time period like black power the rise of the black panthers which there again for people that say they don't like the black panthers educate yourself Learn the kind of programs that they started in their communities and what they stand for. Yes, they do have a by any means necessary mentality. But there again, why do we have to constantly always be overly nice and smile, cut our hair, don't wear braids, perm our hair, straighten our hair so we can get a spot? On a football team. So we can be the manager. Or so we can compete in a beauty pageant. Like why do we have to constantly do those things? Why can't we be our true authentic authentic selves. As far as who we came from. Why is that such a bad thing? I mean if it was such really a bad thing. Why do people try to emulate or steal our culture? point and example of the Kardashians last summer a couple summers ago they started rock rocking the the boxer braids that they were calling them and when they were rocking them the boxer braids were fashionable they were cool but girl we've been rocking those braids since forever they're just braids ain't nobody calling them boxer braids they just braids and so you think because you put a different name to it it makes it better no bro like it don't work like that it does not work like that so there again Vic you simplifying oh just change your image just put a little polish on how you look like he's a well put together man already whether he's rocking braids a fade or a fro and we can run back and find old pictures of Vic wearing braids and being himself so what's the difference you were living his you were living your life you're still playing ball people still liked you but the people that you were dancing for are the same ones that didn't care about your image they just care about you running that ball and winning games you should marinate on that so what makes one hairstyle better than the other i mean it doesn't because no matter what your what your ethnic background is you see this all over nfl basketball whatever even white people long hair 
beards, like everything. There's all kinds of hairstyles in sports. We're not asking people to cut their beards. That would be the next thing. Like, oh, y'all gotta let go y'all beards or you have to have short hair. Like at the end of the day, he's not walking around on the field the whole time. He has a helmet on. So there again, that point to me is debunked. Like, I thought getting a job is about your skills. What does your hair have to do with your skills? He is a good quarterback. Whether people try to dog him out or not, he is a good quarterback. He could be on somebody's team. And even if he went to, like, a good team, he could be the backup QB. So... What about all the charity work? Is that not evidence that Colin is a stand-up guy? There again, isn't his image pretty polished already? Does none of the stuff matter as far as what he's done? Are we going to negate that, not honor that? Why is that not enough? Why is he not applauded Outside of the black community for the things he has done. That's just a real thought. Like, because there again, you're doing, you're doing, you're being visual with your actions. You're say, you say you stand for this. So you're doing. Like, if I had a team, like, Colin would be on the team. Like, because he's just, he's out here doing for the people. And it's just like, you can't deny that. And so we have to address also the real topic before even Michael Vick said what he said. And the elephant in the room is the fact that he took a knee and the good old white people and some other people of color, the uncle ruckuses of the world, (laughs) they didn't like it. And that's where he got attacked and they tried to bring in the troops and the flag and all that stuff. But how can you knock this man for doing good shit? I just, I really do not understand how someone who has made it his point and mission to do great things. Like there again, like if you've watched him from his, from his start in the NFL to now, This man has grown. He has matured. And he wasn't talking that talk a few seasons ago. So something happened in him. Something grew in him. Or maybe it was just there. Maybe he was just afraid to just state how he really felt. But the man that he is now is amazing. As far as his charity work and what he stands for. And all that greatness, right? And so... People really need to call it what it is. And there again, when I say people, I'm talking people outside of the community that is accepting what he's standing for. That he's definitely being blackballed in the NFL. Like, I feel like the teams that have talked about him, who have um, expressed interest, they probably just did it just to do it. Or it's probably his agent, agent probably working hella hard to make some connections to get this man a job. And they go through the process, but at the end of the day, 
they know they're not going to hire Kaepernick. And so I'm pretty sure conversations have been had where people are saying, you know, if you hire Kaepernick, I'm going to take my money somewhere else or, you know, ticket sales are going to go down or X, Y, Z. But through all of this, as far as like merchandise, his jersey has been a top selling jersey for a while. So I don't know. And it's sad that as a black person, we are always expected to jump through hoops, but we still fall short. That haircut, that image saying clean up your image is another hoop that when that narrative is put out in the masses by a black man, there again, I've said this before, black people need to watch what they say on different platforms because when you put certain things out in the atmosphere, white people and other people think it's okay and they're sitting at home saying, he's a good old boy. He gets it when, in, in, to be honest, they don't understand the situation at all. They don't fully understand why Colin is taking a knee. But they see a black person out here speaking against what he's doing or saying something like what Michael Vick said about changing his image. They go and say, aha, I told you we were right. Because look at Michael Vick. He had problems with the the dog ring or whatever dog fighting and he agrees with us so we must be right told you we were right we have to control the narratives and we have to just do better and when you bring up hair i'm going back again to the hair thing i have to bring up the topic of natural hair now, if most of you have seen me, seen pictures of me or whatever, no, I don't rock natural hair. Um, technically, I don't. And that's a story for another day. Um, I do have natural hair, I ha- but you don't see my natural hair. I have to say that. Um, When you say stuff like that, that brings up the conver- the conversations or the thoughts of, so our hair is not good enough. I can't wear a fro. In the army, they had rules against certain hairstyles for the longest. And I felt like recently they changed that, but I don't know if it was changed fully or just some of the options that they took off the table or back on the table. There again. I definitely stand for natural hair. I will say this. Let me explain my stance on natural hair. I think it's a beautiful thing. And if I could get my hair to grow the way I want it to grow, to wear it natural and be seen, then I would do it. But my hair is in the natural state right now. And it's just, you know, it, it just comes and goes due to the the polycystic ovary syndrome. Like it struggles to grow at this point. And so I just can't wear it the way I want to. But if I could, I would be one of the the females out here rocking natural hair. But um, so I definitely feel like that's something that we 
definitely need to empower in ourselves that it's okay. It's okay. And there again, because the whole natural craze has been so popular in recent years that they make wigs and weaves to look like our natural hair so other people can wear it, us included, right? And so why do other grown people think it's okay to tell black people what kind of hairstyle is okay? Like, how can you say you're not going to get a job because you have braids? Well, if the braids look nice and you have, let's say you're going, let's say you're going to be a doctor and you have the education, you were at the top of your class, you're, you know, you have all this good, just education, technical skills, blah, 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 blah. But you saying you won't get the job because I got braids, but I'm dressed nice got my white coat on, I can't have the job, but doctors are needed or teachers are needed or whoever else is needed. I can't get the job because of braids. I think that's really dumb. That's like saying like only white people or Hispanic people can wear um, certain type of hairstyle if they have straight hair or curly hair. Like it's just, it's bananas to me. You're worrying about the wrong things. If you look presentable, hair kept kept up, and clothes are good, you should get the job. And, you know, like I said, this is why there's a big uprising. Because more people are taking pride in their hair. And I think everything that's going on with the whole Kaepernick thing... Um, and this comment about the fro, I think it's a poor example to younger people that your blackness, hair included, is not enough still in 2017. And I think that's a really, really sad fact and that you have to conform even more to be accepted and look presentable. You gotta look presentable, guys. And the way you look presentable is cut your hair off, put a perm in your hair, put on a wig, wear some weave, whatever the case may be, and you go and look presentable. Don't worry about your brain because people are just looking at you to be presentable. When people get, when black people get on TV or any public platform, there again, we have to stop displaying these narratives. And And this is why change hasn't occurred because, like I said, they keep giving the green light to other people outside of black people to say that we're not good enough, that we're not presentable. But our culture is good. Our music is good. Y'all love our culture, but we're not good enough. The people that are actually living the culture, who's creating the culture, we're not good enough. And so... My closing point on this topic, and I thought it was just absolutely brilliant, that my boy, Kaepernick, um, he posted a little post about the the Stockholm Syndrome. And so, if you've never heard of this before, if you've never heard it called this before, and basically, the post read that... It appears when an abused victim develops a kind of respect and empathy towards their abuser. 
It was named after a bank robbery in Stockholm when a group of bank employees were held hostage and developed a strong sense of empathy towards their captors. When this traumatic event was over, they even defended their captors by not wanting to say anything that might endanger their captors' freedom. This this usually happens because the victim sees the smallest act of decent behavior as an extracted event which makes them see their captors as essentially good. This way, they leave aside all the negative behavior, behavioral um, distinctions of their captors as essentially good. This way, they leave aside, yeah. This way, they, this way, they leave aside all the negative behavior of their captors and focus on the positive ones. Um, this syndrome is also referred to as traumatic bonding or victim brainwashing. And I want to focus on the title of victim brainwashing. And basically this syndrome, we can correlate and go all the way back to where our narrative began with our ancestors coming over to the United States to be slaves. And just think about all the history books you've read, all the movies you've seen depicted, and we've seen that one of two or few people, slaves, have compassion for their masses, their masters. And They say, oh, master so-and-so, he's really good. He's really good. He keeps us fed. He doesn't hit us too much. I even go, I even get to go into the big house. I can't leave. I'm not going to leave. Okay. So, I mean, that's that narrative that has carried on through our bloodline. And it's just pretty amazing how spot on this syndrome is for Michael Vick and other people like Michael Vick, even Jason Whitlock, I feel like definitely applies to this uh, syndrome. And you you, you can't feel sorry for these people that continuously treat us bad. We have to fight for freedom still. We have to fight to be treated fairly still. We have to fight for equal pay, especially if you're a black woman, even more. Y'all look up the stats on that as far as what black women are making compared to everyone. It's no way in the world that I could ever have compassion or feel any type of way For a cop that has killed a black brother or sister of mine for no reason. Where they were just trigger happy. There's no way I can get on TV and present a point. Basically tap dancing for the white people. That he needs to look presentable. When you share narratives, (coughs) 
excuse me, when you share narratives like that, you're not looking at the correct picture. You're having positive emotions and feelings for the other people involved because you're not (laughs) expressing your emotions for the right person in this scenario. And I think a lot of black people that get to these places, let's just talk about like on TV and what they're doing, broadcasting and everything, sports. They, they get up there to where they're making all this money, being around all these white people, and they start taking on their thoughts. And that's why I like the name of the victim brainwashing. And I say victim because we are still currently victim of the system of the United States. And we are victims because of police brutality. We are victims because of still having to deal with racism. We are victims because there's a whole list of whys of why we are still currently victims in this day and age. And so for Michael Vick to be a victim and for him to try to come on TV and rationalize and feel like he put together a good plan for Kaepernick by saying, if you just do X, Y, Z, these good old white people, the NFL will let you back in. And victim brainwashing can also be equated to the sunken place, in my opinion. And so, yeah, yeah, I felt like, yeah, I was heartbroken when I saw that about Vic because we held him down. When he tried to get back in the NFL and all these people burned his jerseys, had so much shit to say when he was on the field after he was hired back. And I'm pretty sure he had to work his ass off just to keep a spot. We held that man down and he had the audacity to break down this man thinking that he was helping But you did not help. You did not help. You did not help. You did not help. And I hope by this point that you just really just get it together. Don't get on TV talking like that ever again. Yeah, this is America. You have the 100% right to say whatever you want to say. But what you said was a direct hit to everything Kaepernick was doing And I just don't understand also why we're still talking about Kaepernick getting a job. Like, he's already at peace with however it's going to play out. So I'm tired of seeing the conversations and the debates and everything. Like, yeah. So that's my whole dollar. I won't say my two cents. I gave y'all a whole dollar on how I feel about Michael Vick and basically... The whole narrative of being presentable as a black person. So yeah, like let me know your thoughts on how you felt when you when you saw or heard what Michael Vick said. Let me know. Oh, you thought Fallon at gmail.com.
So I only have a couple of sports items that I want to talk about quickly because I did like a whole show on basically basketball earlier in the week. And so just a couple of things. Um, I feel like as soon as I finished recording the sports episode, we found out that Leslie Alexander, uh, the owner of the Rockets, he wants to sell the team. And so it's worth about $3 billion dollars. A few names that I've heard out there that are possibly interested in buying the team. Yao Ming, uh, Mattress Mac, and Dikembe Mutombo. He's looking to try to put together a team team of people to buy the Rockets. And he said he's really interested in doing this because he wanted to buy the Atlanta Hawks. But he missed out on that opportunity. And... I would love for Matumbo to buy the team because he's a fixture here in Houston. He's still a fixture with the Rockets. If you go to the games, you see him there a lot. And so I would welcome that. So even if Matumbo could put together a team of like all the old Rockets legends like Akeem, Mario Ellie, even Clyde Drexler could come along since he's still a part of the, the Rockets family. Um, he's a commentator, and so it would be great to see some people like that or Matumbo get this done. And also, black magic. So if he can put a team together of black men or women, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, that's a word. Paul Pierce, one of my favorite players, legend. Um, he signed a one-day contract to retire as a Celtic. So happy for him. Had a great career. So, go Paul Pierce. And so, this just happened today. So, I have to talk about this just a little bit. Kyrie Irving said that he wants to leave the Cavs because he no longer wants to play with LeBron. And that is a quote. And when I saw that, I was like, no, this can't be true. This can't be true. This can't be true. Like, He's an essential part of that team. So something is going on. Is he mad about the Derrick Rose talk? Is that official with the one-year contract yet? So is he in his feelings about that? Did LeBron say something? But allegedly, when LeBron heard that Kyrie wanted to go, he was devastated. And so, yeah, I got my hand on my phone constantly waiting on updates. Um... I don't know where he's going to fall, but we'll see what's up on Mr. Kyrie. But I get it. Like, and I'll just, I'm going to throw my best friend under the bus. Like, we talk about Kyrie pretty often because I really like Kyrie. And I'm always at his defense saying that he's a great player. And I feel like people play him out to the left. And. So maybe he just wants to boss up and he wants to have his own team. He doesn't want to be on LeBron's team. What's wrong with that? Like, so he's still young, so he could go to another team in the East because we're booked in the West, okay? (laughs) Go to another team in the East and get shit done. Be a contender to go up against the Cavs and Boston and the Wizards and... Yeah, so I hope Kyrie gets what he's looking for because he's still young enough to get it done. Man, I've had diabetes for about 20 years. I stay active and I feel pretty good most of the time. 
See, I do a few simple things now. I'm not perfect, but I try and watch my diet and exercise, and I check my blood sugar. It's time for the Diabetic Informational Corner. So I'm going back to a, a segment that I haven't really um, done a lot of these, but it's important to me. And I'm talking about the diabetic corner. And I just want to really talk about your kidneys. And I want to bring up the kidneys because it's very important if you're a diabetic and they have to be working correctly in order to ensure that you're healthy. And so I say all that to to say this, and I'll be a little transparent with my personal walk with being a diabetic, and we're a little family here, even though I don't know all y'all who are subscribed, but it's a lot of y'all, and so let's get comfortable with each other. And so basically, um, when you're a diabetic, when you go and get your blood work probably like every three months, because you're supposed to get your A1C and all that stuff. And typically they do a whole panel of blood work and they test your kidneys, right? In this blood work and you do a urine sample as well. And so the urine sample is to see if you have any protein spilling over in your urine, right? And so protein spillage is a bad thing for diabetics. And so basically that means your kidneys are not functioning the way that they should, right? And so there's different levels on the protein spillage. And so that's one test as far as your kidneys. Second test, um, this is in your blood work and they basically see if, you're, if you are spilling over any blood in your urine, right? And so they look at all these different panels. And so when I went to the doctor last year, uh, did my blood work and everything and we're going over my blood work and uh, I have a little protein spillage in my urine or whatever and they say okay it's not too bad blah 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 do more testing this year um, says more protein spillage in your urine and so so I say, so what does that mean? Are we talking about like, am I going to be on dialysis? Are my kidneys not functioning? And he's like, no, your kidneys are fine. All your other numbers are perfect as far as like all my blood work and, you know, cholesterol, all this stuff, right? And so, but he's like, I want to protect your kidneys. That's the way he starts the narrative. And I'm like, well, if my kidneys are functioning the way that you say they are, and it's just a little bit of protein spillage because also you have to equate all this to if your diabetes is under control. And my A1C was crazy high last year. And then it's still like a couple of notches too high as far as normal. And so, of course, like you're going to see something ab abnormal in your urine. That's typically when it happens is when your sugar is out of control you have protein spillage. So it, it can correct itself if it's not too far out of hand, like mine is, right? And so he's like, I'm going to put you on this medication, blah, blah, blah. It's going to help protect your kidneys and help with blood pressure, right? And so I started taking this medication, blah, blah, blah. And so um, I'm on another pill 
uh, Invokana. Um, it's a popular new diabetic pill. It makes you go to the bathroom like all day long, right? And so the number one side effect with this medication is that you can get um, bladder infections and UTIs, all that wonderful, fun stuff, right? And so come back into town and my kidneys are killing me. I've never felt this kind of pain in my life. And so I knew what was coming as far as like, you know, so I was like, I have a bladder infection. And so also like I've had bladder infections like pretty much like since I was like a little girl. Um, I've just had this problem with bladder infections. And so I know what it feels like. And so I say, hey, I need some medication because I'm getting another bladder infection because of this Invokana. And so the thing that made it different this time and made me dive into the new medication he put me on to protect my kidneys was the pain I was having. And I always get super, super paranoid about my kidneys. And it's definitely one of the reasons why I'm always afraid to get my blood work done and give a urine sample because I'm always worried about my kidneys. I don't want to be on dialysis, right? And so... Something tells me, let me Google the new medication that he put me on. And I did a post about this on social media about the doctor. And basically the medication that he put me on, number one, it's for mainly people that have heart failure. And one of the major side effects is kidney damage. And I said, oh boy, so this is why my kidneys are hurting like this. Like one of the days that I was sick, I just, I can't even explain the pain. It was probably like a level 10 as far as my kidneys. And so I'm like, something's not right. And so I read that. I was like, okay, I'm done taking that medication. And so I haven't taken that medication going on two weeks and my kidneys feel normal again. And so... I said, for this show, I want to present some little quick facts to protect your kidneys, keeping your kidneys healthy if you're a diabetic or just a normal person, because a lot of us, we abuse our kidneys by drinking, by not drinking enough water. And so I just thought these would be some good tips to provide y'all. And so, like I just said, stay hydrated. Drink enough water It is so important. My thoughts on drinking enough water, I always feel like you will know when you're drinking enough water when your urine gets pretty clear. If your urine is like yellow, 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 you're not drinking enough water. And so drink enough water. Eat a kidney-friendly diet. And if you go to the National Kidney Foundation, they have the diet listed. So it gives you options. And exercise. Everything always comes down to exercising. And so when you exercise, it makes your body function the way it should. Blood pressure. Keep your blood pressure normal. Step away from the, the, the salt, the fried foods, all that bad stuff. Take it down a notch. Take care of your heart there again by eating correctly exercising and beware of supplements and I have definitely become team supplements because number one I've given up 
dairy products for the most part. I've had a few bad days, but for the most part, I've been solid on my no dairy journey. And so I've also started taking probiotics because I was like, maybe I don't have all the right healthy bacteria in my stomach to break down my food. And that's why I'm struggling to lose weight in my midsection. So I started taking probiotics. I take biotin to make my hair grow. What else do I take? I take cinnamon because it's good (laughs) if you're a diabetic. I take all these different things. But beware. And don't smoke. And that correlates to taking care of your heart and all that wonderfulness. So if you do that... You should have healthy kidneys. But yeah, if you need more information on that, definitely check out the National Kidney Foundation. They have all kinds of great information um, that might help you keep your kidneys in check. I keep it trill because I'm from the South Side. I plan to rep the South till the day that I die. I, that's so Houston. That's so Houston. That's- That's so Houston. So if you're from Houston, you know what weekend it is. It is Hall Weekend, and that is H-A-W, and that is Houston Houston Appreciation Weekend. And this was started by the rapper Drake, since he's in Houston so much, and he loves the culture. And so this weekend, a lot of events are popping off, and I'm not partaking in any of them. But yeah, so if you're, if you're, you know, if you're out here trying to meet Drake or some of his people, whatever, just be a part of that, um, look up the events and find out. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, tomorrow on the 22nd at Barnett Stadium, the Southern University, best HBCU in the world, and PV alumni band, um, they're doing a battle of the bands. So if you're an alumni or just, you know, somebody that attended either of the schools like myself, um, check that out. Uh, what else? If you're a blogger in Houston, they're having a, an event at Bar Blue, and that's B-L-E-U, tomorrow. And it's called Houston Bloggers Meetup. And so if you're interested in that, check it out. But yeah, it's so much stuff going on just with Hall Weekend alone. So that officially kicked off yesterday, Thursday. So a lot of people are in town for that. If I stop saying the word nigga, how am I going to describe nigga shit? I only have one item for dumb nigga shit. And it's going to be short and sweet. Sweet, and we're gonna move on and close out the show. Walmart, I need to have just like a couple of words with you. If y'all are on social media, you know they had a wig cap described the color of the wig cap described as nigger brown. I take great issue with this because number one, I'm going to share my own personal story. I work in the healthcare in the healthcare field, and I used to order prosthetic items, right? And 
it was this one particular company. It's a couple of companies that would um, reference the color of the the foot that you would order as Negroid. Yeah, people are still using narratives off of nigger to describe a color. So brown isn't sufficient enough. Dark brown, light brown, caramel brown. Like, that's not enough, but you need to call this wig cap nigger brown. So I feel like in within five minutes, people got Walmart all the way together. Like, how do you think that's okay to call something nigger brown? Nigger brown. Yep, this wig cap is nigger brown. Marinate on that. And if you haven't seen that, we must empower ourselves we must empower ourselves with knowledge we can't be afraid of knowledge knowledge is free knowledge will always be here we have to know where we came from so we can stand firmly in where we are going and have the boldest confidence Dropping jewels. I have a couple of items that I want to talk about in dropping jewels and then we'll really be done uh, Frederick Douglass. He's officially on the quarter. Hey, that's what's up. So he's on the quarter. That's what's up for him. Kendrick Lamar. His album is double platinum. And he was in Houston this past weekend. And he actually did something really super, super, super nice for one of his fans. Um, he bought um, a disabled fan fan um a wheelchair accessible van how awesome is that like he is such a good guy as well like he's another one that's always out here doing something he's not just rapping he is doing and if more people regular people included just did a little more doing we could get somewhere we could get somewhere with that, I am officially done with episode 21. Vic has no dog in this fight. I hope y'all have a safe and blessed weekend. I'm probably going to be at the casino tomorrow trying to change my life. And so, <laughs> yeah, so if you're not following me, follow me. Follow me on Instagram, people. Oh, you thought Fallon. F A L L O N. Twitter. Pretty and Smart 81. Pretty, the letter N, Smart 81. Um, email. Email me stuff. I got an email early this morning. I'm going to return your email. I promise you. So that made me feel happy. Email me, y'all, so I can start reading stuff. I swear I won't use your names, but let's get it going. Don't make me like do like a fake topic to get the ball rolling because I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> um, email. Oh, you thought Fallon. F-A-L-L-O-N at gmail.com. I'm sorry I'm being so silly, but I'm pretty tired at this at this point. Some of the beats that you hear on this podcast um, is from the Passion Hi-Fi. You can find beats um, on SoundCloud. There's some on Apple Music. Um, his website is the Passion Hi-Fi. That's H-I-F-I dot com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for listening every day. I check the numbers. I see when you're listening. I see how many of you are listening every single day, not just when I drop. And so 
I appreciate all the love. I just want to get a, give another shout out to C-Note. Thank you so much for allowing me to use a little piece of your wonderful song, Hold It Down. There again, I will definitely holla at y'all next week. Until next time, remember to glow up, bless up, stay prayed up, and hold it down. Hold it down.